Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. What's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Big show Thursday edition. Yep. A ton of stuff we got to get to. We're going to break down James Harden's performance. Tom Brady, if he wins, should he retire? Yeah. There is a recruit that's being recruited that got his first offer, has maybe one of the best names uh-huh. you've heard of, General Booty. General Booty. General okay, Booty. Buddy. You better be a boss with that name. Yes. You're probably going to have a rough childhood growing up. And our boy Tiger tees off today. Indeed. So we got something we're going to do today. We know that. We'll be in front of the tube watching him root right. for him. But before we get to any of that, very, very serious topic. I know we don't like to delve too much into politics or things that could set people off. Yes. But we need to finish this off and okay. have this decided once and for all. Right. Better food, Mexican or Cuban? Oh, better food, Mexican or Cuban. Um, Because this was all the topic so, around the office this morning. You know, I have Caribbean roots, right? Like I grew yes. up in St. Croix and here in Miami. Uh, I also spent a lot of time in, in, in the, on the West Coast. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say Cuban. Really? Yeah, I, I think you're just saying. No, I'm not. Uh, it, I don't like a lot of, a lot of meat. So the beans, the rice, like the, 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 the plantanos, like all of that stuff speaks to me a little bit. Right. Um, but I could see where Mexican would win. I mean, oh, Mexican's going like, to win. You, you, of course it's right, going to win because it's the better food. It I has think, more flavor. Like it has more food. options. Yeah. All I got to say is, would you rather have plantains or chips? Chips and salsa or plantains. Like that's your little side. Those bro. things are, they don't taste like anything. Plantanos maduros? Bro, yeah, they don't I take them like every day of the week. You said more flavor, more flavor, and you said chips? Chips. <laughs> over bananas. <laughs> Come on. Black beans. You got jalapenos. You got all the flavors like exploding in your mouth. It's, it's a, not it's even a flavor close. explosion. I hear you. It's not even close. Fajitas? Fajitas? <laughs> like those are some of the best ever. Come on. You know that. I, I, I enjoy Mexican food. You ask yeah, me which exactly. one I like. Like the best. Nobody does it better. Taco Bell, come on. (laughs) Even Chipotle, come on. The best Mexican in America. Not even close. I have a poll. There have already been a boatload of respondents in this poll, Uh and it's pretty much siding with me. 10,000 people have responded in yes, just because you can't get Cuban cuisine. Minutes. Like you can't get 5%. You can't get real Cuban cuisine like outside of uh, of South Florida, but yeah, in you a can. few places. Pollo Tropical, they got that everywhere. Pollo Tropical, that's I'm like your Taco you. Bell. But you can't even get that like Pollo Tropical in in right. the Midwest. That like, is they don't they don't know anything about it. Yeah, you got to hunt for it. So okay. that probably is why the poll is skewed a little bit. Probably people haven't tried it. I have and I'm saying Mexicans better. <laughs> All right. New York City last night. Ooh. James Harden at the Garden. You can get Cuban food in New York City? Yeah, you can find okay. some great Cuban food up there. Dominican food. You can get <laughs> yeah, some. You get anything yeah. you want. Anything. Yep. Uh, James Harden continues this streak that he's been on. It has been an unbelievable tear, but you showcase your best when you go to the Garden, right? So yeah. he dropped 61. That's so silly. In um, a performance last night, which is like, it's at some point... How do teams not take this away? Because he's really the only option the Rockets are going to, and yet he's still doing it. Well, what would you do? I don't know. No, I'm asking. I'm <laughs> I mean, asking. Like, I don't. First of all, you put your best defender on him. I think they're doing that. They're trying to do that. Yeah, I think that's that's. Wouldn't probably... you try to double? Try to help him? Try to just anything? Yeah, I mean, Is maybe even that employ, employ a zone, even yeah. like with the cast of characters that he's rolling out there with. I, I'm kind of with you. Like, get get a little outside the box and try to get creative with. But I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure people are spending hours trying to figure out how they're going to defend James Harden. 
Um, Look at these last 21 they, games. He's averaging 43 in the last 21 games. That's insane. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't love it. Because it's, it's not a love good it. team. It's, I don't, not gonna, it's not sustainable, and they're not going to win in the long run. Is I appreciate why? the performance you put on in Madison Square. We were on HQ yesterday, and they asked me what he was going to do in Madison Square. I, I would expect that he'd get up enough shots to put on some kind of remarkable performance. And it's funny. I don't know if there's a place in football that brings that out of everybody. Mm-hmm. But Madison Square universally will bring that out of everyone. Like, not everyone can do it, but you want to have that performance in Madison Square. Like, I was a, a marginal player. I wanted to play great in Madison Square. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it brings it out of you. I don't love it. Like, 261 points in the in the past five games, right? Of his last 263 points, Danny, none of them, not one single point has been off of an assist from someone else. No, I mean, like, well, that goes back to your point about the dribble and how many times he's dribbled. I don't like, love it. I don't. Like, and I applaud Mike D'Antoni for saying, look, this is what I've been dealt. Um, it, when I played for Mike, and, and this is the weirdest thing, I played for Mike and Mike did not like people stopping the ball. It's what he did not like about Carmelo in, in New York. He wanted the ball to be moving, popping around the court, and then someone get a wide open shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is just the, like, the antithesis of that. This is one guy. Holding the ball. And I give Mike a lot of credit. This isn't a slight on Mike. Like Mike has said, this is what I got. Mm-hmm. This is what it likes to do. Uh, I'm secure enough in myself to let it do that. It's going to win games for me. But this is not what you want to teach guys to play basketball with. He's fantastic. He's a magician with the ball. He's found every little loophole and nuance in the in the rules, and he uses them all to his advantage. I applaud all of that. I'm not taking anything away from James Harden. But when you got kids watching that, it's fundamentally not the right way to play basketball. It is right. not. And, right. and And I think... You call me an old curmudgeon. You could say uh, the game's changing, and you don't want to change with it. I fine. I'll take all of that. But I, I think that it'll prove over time that this is not the way basketball will not turn into this. It cannot no. turn into this. So I think it's a bad example for kids to watch. Although I do understand and, and applaud how remarkable it is that he's able to do it. Would you tell him if you're Dan Tony? Would you tell him we have to do something different? Why? If you just keep rolling with Why? it. Why? Because they're not, it's not, again, well, you know, who you get a ball to? Team basketball. You know, PJ, he tried to get a ball to PJ Tucker yesterday. <laughs> PJ Tucker backed out of the way. Like, he literally removed himself from the ball. <laughs> that was at a crucial point. Hey, in the game, he, like, so that's when you've asked the man to pass the ball. He's like, here's the play right here. There's a free throw made. Look, goes out of bounds. He's like, I'll give it to somebody home. other and than just, James Harden. He's like, I'm not doing it. He's that, not touching it. That's how confused the rest of his team is when, he, when they're trying to give them the ball and not James Harden. It almost cost him a game there. It was a tough spot there. If you are any of those, if you're Eric Gordon, if you're Austin Rivers, if you're PJ Tucker. It's miserable. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, miserable. it has to be like, I, and very limited exposure to basketball in high school. We had a kid on our team, Aaron Wall. He's the head yeah. coach of our basketball. Yeah. Team, and he was our best player. Was he really? There were times. He's a big old boy. Yeah. He, he weighed was about a okay. hundred pounds ago. Okay. <laughs> but at the time, we all wanted to shoot too. Right. And if it was like, every time you'd see that ball go up, you'd like roll your eyes and like, uh, and then sometimes you wouldn't rebound as hard. Oh, you'd no, be no. like, I'm getting to the other end. I'm just not going to waste that you know, energy down the floor. It, Do you think that same thing happens with his teammates on a night like last night? Uh, I think this is relatively new. Like last, they played like this a little bit last 21 year. 21 games. But straight, not, though. but not to this degree. Right. But I'm, I'm saying like in the larger, like in the larger picture, right? Like last year versus this year. Yeah. The, the sample size is getting large now. But I think you're having some people now be like, you know, behind closed doors, like, damn, bro, you believe it? Like, right. The ball. You right. know, I don't think it's, it's seeped in, uh, uh, to the culture, to the level where guys would stop playing. Right. But I think you're getting dangerously close. Like, it takes a certain, and maybe they have this in Houston. Those Sixers teams were built with the right pieces to play with Allen Iverson. No one needed the ball. Right. There was only one other guy that could really 
go get buckets. That was Aaron McKee. That was blue, right? Everybody else just kind of played a role. Dikembe didn't really need the ball. Uh, George Lynch was kind of a dirty player guy. Uh, Eric Snow was kind of a dirty player guy. Like everyone around Allen was a guy that didn't need the ball. So Allen could do what Allen wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but trust me, everybody there, if you really pick their brain while they think he's remarkable, They'd be like, it was the most frustrating thing in the world because you just stood and you waited and you waited and you waited. And usually you got a bad shot late in the shot clock, which is even more frustrating. <laughs> if I can only go get five shots a game, right. don't make them terrible in the shot clock shots. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they're going to be dudes on that team right now, although they probably aren't quitting on the team or anything like that, that are grumbling about it. Um, and then there's probably a faction of those guys that are like, look, I ain't built to like – carry the, the the lion's share of the load offensively anyway. So just let him do what he does, and I'll play my role. But that's what you got to surround him with. Yeah, so he's the fifth player in NBA history to record multiple 60-point games. This stat that I saw was remarkable, considering when we talk about the greats of the game. Kobe had six. Yep. Jordan had four. Elgin Baylor had three. You know how many Will Chamberlain had? Like 55. 32 60 point games. That's crazy. Which is insane that we, he never, his name never comes up when you do GOAT. Like it's always yeah. Jordan, it's LeBron, maybe you know Kobe gets a case, somebody makes a case for him, but is it because he was so much significantly taller and the competition wasn't that great? Well, I don't know because he, he played in the about. Bill Russell era. Yeah. And Bill is regarded, but Bill was team, Bill had better team. We had the championship. And he had too. the championship, but Will, I mean, you get the better. Look at Will, games. look at Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell splits when they played each other and i'll promise you that more times than not uh uh will chamberlain got the better of bill russell in terms of statistics and production but bill's team probably won most of the games right so that's a really interesting question because even in his era with another great he used to dominate right you know what i mean and but you know the other guys teams their numbers their numbers against each other are ridiculous yeah what are chamberlain uh was 30 37 and 57 win losses but Will Chamberlain averaged uh, 29 points, 28 rebounds. Bill oh, Russell was 14 points, 22 rebounds. Correct. Right there it is. Yeah. Head. But he definitely it's had a re- better It's really team. interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, golf. Yeah. Golf. One of our favorite topics around here. Tig. Our boy, Tiger Woods, Tig. is back in action. Kicks off the 2019 PGA Tour debut for him at Torrey Pines, a place he's won. Yeah. A lot. I'm fired Eight up. Different occasions, including his last major, the 2008, with him and Rocco Mediate when they went toe to toe. How fired up are you? Like, well, I'm fired. Listen, Thursday's typically in my life, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's hear. Like, let's hear. No, seriously, schedule. my Thursday in my life. Like, yeah. I, I leave here, yep. right? I might go home. I might, I, you know, I don't know. I'll probably go get, get a, a workout. Lift, yeah, yeah, in the garage or something like that. Hang out. My kids come home from school. There's a lot of dead time on a Thursday afternoon, right? Where I don't <laughs> like. We got basketball practice later. Yeah, I'm looking to fill a few hours, right? right. My kids are running around like playing Fortnite. Having some tiger to watch. I haven't watched golf since he stopped playing. Like seriously, right. I haven't watched an event, final, first round, anything since like the the tour championship. So like I'm fired up. It feels a Thursday afternoon for me. I'm with you. I'll, I am a golf nut. I'll watch some golf, but nowhere near the interest. Like I watched a little bit of the Hawaii tournaments just to see who was what was going on, but not like I'll watch this weekend at Tory when he tees off. Like I'll be dialed in and want to see all his shots. What's your gut say about how he performs this year? I think he gets a major. Do you really? I do. I mean, he had two, he had two top five finishes last year. If, as long as he's in the mix, if he's around that leaderboard, he's going to get one. Like he was so close last year. And I think his game, I think this offseason, he got healthier. He's already talked about putting a little little bit more weight on. Like we have to remember, he just had all these surgeries. He finally feels healthy. Towards the end of the season, he actually admitted the Ryder Cup, he was gassed. Now he's going to be fresh. Right. 
come out here and play this way, I think he's going to get his. I think he's going to get his fifteenth major. This I got to be honest. I hope you're right. I want to tell you just my a, a little fear that I have. Um, when you're trying to come back, there's a, there's a hunger that is that is just there, right? It's an innate hunger to get back, to do the work, to dig in, to go an extra, you know, thirty five minutes on the range because like people are doubting you. Mm-hmm. I, and I hope this isn't the case, but he would be human. And we've seen now that he is human, right? Cause yep. that was for a while that was debatable too, right? But now he's human. The human element is that, man, I'm back. Maybe I dial back 10 minutes from the range. Like, do you know what I mean? And I, that would be untigerisk to do that, but I, that would be my one fear is that maybe he takes his foot off the pedal. And I think I'm with you. Like everything is lined up for you. If you continue to push to kind of get back to, to full form. I worry that he kind of takes a step back. It, 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 that's just my concern. Like I, I, so I, he I hope I'm wrong. Said he's going to play less events this year, try to manage his time. And I'm telling you, he, he like he wants to win when he plays in a regular tour event, but he wants Jack's record. Yeah, he's always about that. He's bad that in his room. Here's another reason why I think he's going to win. So the Masters, he's had a ton of success there. That's your first major of the season. He's actually the favorite at twelve to one. Right. I wouldn't take the. I wouldn't take. I that. wouldn't either. Not a good enough odds. Second major, the U.S. Open, Pebble Beach, when he went off and yeah. took, you know, like the biggest gap between a winner and the other one. Mm-hmm. So he's won there. Royal Port Rush hasn't won there at the uh, British Open, but still, you put him in the mix there. And then he comes back, Beth Page Black, where he already won uh, yeah. there before too. So very comfortable courses that he's That's been on. That's the Open yeah, this the year. Yeah, you can oh, go I'm out there, Long yeah, Island, there. Yes. out to your spot in the summertime. There, no yeah, yeah, we might have to do a special on location. Oh, that would be dope. Of, uh, Canel and Bell. So yeah, I'll be watching him. I do think he gets. I it. hope you're right. I, I think he finally gets over that hump. The Masters odds, he's actually tied with uh, Jordan Spieth. I don't know why, because Jordan Spieth had an awful year last year. One. Maybe you hope he's coming back in Justin Rose, and then the usual suspects. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Roy McElroy, Brooks Kepka, all 14 to 1. They're right there. To win a major, you can get odds plus 300 says yes, he wins a major. Yeah. Minus 400, no. So the heavy, the favorite is saying he won't win a major. I actually think there is pretty good value in the plus 300. Right. I'm gonna take So you're saying I bet $400 to win a, a dollar, a hundred bucks? Right? That's what, bucks? that's what it is, right, Coca? 400 to 1? Yeah. All right. so, but I, I think he gets the major. I hope you're right. Yeah. Uh, NBA All-Stars get announced tonight. Yeah. You get into that? Nope. I don't either. I don't really get into it. <laughs> For the show, but, we will. But Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. we less. have to fake it a little bit. Right. We'll get into it. Because a lot of them, it's the usual suspects, same guys. A lot of it becomes a popularity contest, like the bigger name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. So just the starters are going to be announced tonight. Again, probably still about the same reaction. The yeah. starters, starters or not. Uh, the West, the East front court. Should be a lock. Right. With Giannis, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard. Sure. Right? That should be there. Yep. The West backcourt should be a lock too. James Harden this season. He's adding then Steph Curry. Right. But there are some spots that look to be a little bit more uncertain as far as the starters go. Yeah. So let's start with the West front court. You have to pick three between these four. So somebody's getting left out. Excuse me, these five. Okay. Getting left out. You got LeBron, who's been hurt, been missed four games. You have AD, uh, you got uh, Anthony Davis, yep. who has also been hurt some. You got Kevin Durant, you got Nikola Jokic, and you have Paul George. Yeah. Of those, I think LeBron's a lock just because of who of he is. Like, so is Kevin Durant. There. And so is those Kevin two Durant. are in. So you're talking so about one I'm out of three. The one spot there. Yeah. Yeah. So who's your final spot there? Uh, my final spot is going to go to Paul George. Really? Yeah. So I was going to lean Anthony Davis. Well, here's why I can't give it to Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis' team again is 22 and 26. Um, something has to factor in in terms of wins and losses. I get that he's remarkable. But at some point, bro, like remarkable people lead their team to winning seasons. Like, you know, it was my same, 
debate that I had in Cleveland with Kobe Altman and Trent Redden and David Griffin um, with Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. And they thought Kevin Love was this fantastic player, and I think he's great. But my point was if he was as good as you guys think he was, is – then he would have taken that Minnesota team and had him in the playoffs every year or fighting for the A spot. Those teams weren't even fighting for A spots. Um, so there's some of that in play here with Anthony Davis for me. 22 and 26 is not good enough to earn the starting nod. Although, like, you're talking about a popularity contest, so he'll probably get in. I'm giving it, um, to Paul George, who is at 27 points a game, eight boards. He's leading the league in steals at, two, what is he, leading or second with 2.3. Um, 40% from the three-point line. His team is what? In, uh, third in the West. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the nod. Jokic, I could give it to you too, cause his team's playing fantastic. It's just you're, you're, you're a baby, buddy. Yeah. Like you're gonna get in this year. It'll be your first all-star nod. I think that's an accomplishment. Um. Let yeah. me ask you to do this way. What? Because I think this is the way it should be determined. Yep. And this is where I would lean and give you a little pushback. If you're playing pickup basketball and you're choosing five guys, aren't you taking Anthony Davis over Paul George? To be on your team, yeah. Selecting starters, well, so you're going with the more like who's more deserving. I'm going, I'm resume. going with who's yeah, who deserves to be a starter on this all on this All Star team. This I'm year. going with who I'm picking to play pick up. Debo says Debo says that LeBron shouldn't be a starter. What? what? He's got. He said like, he said he shouldn't be a starter because of he didn't give me any reasons. He's just saying well, that LeBron shouldn't be a starter. Oh, he said too much missed time. Too much. But see, that, that's but that's not fair. Like it, it'd be one thing if he was doing like your boy Kawhi Leonard and was just taking time off. But <laughs> since he's actually hurt, you can't dock him for that because yeah. he's playing almost MVP level the first part of the season. There's some of them that are penciled in, and that kind of, for me, that's where you start separating. Like AD is in this conversation as like like a superstar, but you don't look at AD and be like he's got to be in there. Like right. LeBron and KD, they're in. Do you know what I mean? 14 games missed, 15 games missed, 7 dudes games they're play, in. Right? They want to play in the All-Star game. Yeah, they want to start, the right? Sure. Because the Pro Bowl dudes do not Absolutely. want to go to no, the All-Star Bowl. game. People want to play in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's, that's that's a big difference yeah. between basketball and football. Like It's more fun to play basketball. Football, you could risk yourself, even though the Pro Bowl is becoming a total joke with yeah. the way it's played. But dudes are always faking injuries. Like my Dan Marino used to go to my dad, who was a team doctor. He'd be like, hey, doc, I need an excuse to get out of the Pro right. Bowl. My dad be like, all right, let me check out your knee. All right, can't go. And that was it. Like, they didn't want to go. No. You go once, and then you're like, all right, I've been there, done that. I'm not going back. Yeah, NBA All-Star. It's a grind of a weekend, though. There's a lot of, like, well, media uh, availability and stuff like that. There are it's fun. Of parties. I got it's invited. Fun. I went one year to shoot in a three-point shootout. It was in Houston. Um, and then my wife had a, had a, a complication with pregnancy, so I had to leave, right? And so I didn't get to shoot. It was the year Jason Capono, he was the fill-in for me. Yeah. And he won it. No way. I was so pissed. <laughs> um, but I, I don't regret it at all. But the next year, they invited me back again because I couldn't shoot. And that year I said no. Cause I was tired. Like, really? I was tired. I was dealing with a knee that wouldn't, like, it, it, I was, it was just holding some swelling in it. And, you know, I was starting to burn out a little bit mentally. And I yeah. just, I said no. I didn't want any part of it. But generally speaking, if you're going to be an all-star, like if they had asked me to play in the damn game, <laughs> yeah, this would have never right. happened. I'm going. going every right. single time. No doubt about it. Uh Tom Brady doesn't have to worry about being alienated anywhere. Well, maybe he does outside of New England. But still the GOAT, still going to go down there. Yeah. A lot of people have made the um the judgment on Tom Brady saying, well, if he wins, he should retire. Just walk off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, he's going in his ninth Super Bowl appearance. It would be his sixth title. Say, hey, what, what else do you need to do? Go ahead, right off into the sunset. Are you so, one of those? No. No. Absolutely not. No. I say keep going. He said he wanted to play his 45. His play has not dropped off. The game is as safe 
as it's ever been. He has hardly yeah. gotten hit this year. Like, he doesn't get banged up on his body. Right. And when he does marginally get hit, they call a uh, rough in the passer, like in the, in the AFC Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Even if you just get touched. His numbers this past season were actually higher than his career. Now, those are skewed a little bit because the last three or four years, he's been up around this range. Right. But if you still can go out there and contend for titles, why wouldn't you? If you're still having fun. Now, all this is assuming that he's still having fun. He still loves it. But watch his video on Instagram with him and Gronk. Like, you tell me they're not having a blast when he's out there doing this, when he's going out there just telling everybody to shut up and stop predicting the end of this thing. Yeah. I think you should keep going. He's loving that. I mean, he's, he looks like he's having a good time. Here's some, like, it was interesting because, like, the Pats, we always talk about how old they are and everything like that. And admittedly, I didn't, I didn't really know. So I started looking. Like, his offensive line, they're like all third and fourth year players, and one like the guy Cannon is right tackle is an eighth year player. That's some pretty that's youth, yeah, right. And you got Sony Michelle who is a rookie this year. Um, you got some youth on the defense too. Like they're not all old and, and long in the tooth. You got twelve draft picks like this year. Like yeah. Gronk's going to retire, so you'll get you'll get that cap space back. He's always been flexible with his money. Like I, I don't see why you wouldn't stay right. and continue to play. Like the deck the deck is kind of stacked in your favor now, provided. You know, like your, your, your home life is stable and you're, you're not having that pull to want to be with your kids more and you still love doing the work that it takes to be Tom Brady. Like if all that's in place, I think it's ridiculous. Why would he retire nine straight AFC championship games? Like this, it, it potentially is six. This would be a six Super Bowl if he wins it. Like why would you retire? And at this point of his career, he can take more time off in the offseason, which he did last year. Right. He can spend more time with his kids. I get that's probably the toughest pull for him is Giselle has been very vocal about wanting him to retire because yeah. she's like, hey, we got, you know, like safety issues. But watch him. He doesn't get hit very much and the game is slowing down to him where he knows the rules. He knows the system so well. He knows where to go with the football almost every single time. He knows right. how to get rid of it quickly. Who leaves, um, who leaves first? Belichick or Brady or do you think they do it at the same time? It's a good question there. I think. I think Brady will go first. I think they might be able to go together. Yeah. But although I thought Pop was going to go out with, uh, with Tim. Tim Duncan, I thought yeah. they were going to do it because I don't, but there's something, I mean, obviously Belichick will have the choice to go longer because he can coach forever. You can't play the game forever. But I wonder if there's a part of Belichick that says, let me just see how I do without Tom. Let me see um, if I can get one without him. I think some of that's predicated on whether they can get themselves another, like, stud in there to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what right, I mean? Like, 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 I think if they had Jimmy G, you then Tom would have left before, uh, before Bill did. You know what I mean? Cause you got to factor into the AFC. What is it? The East is still, like, that's still their division. They're still, Kind of a cakewalk for them. Right. Oh, you know what I mean, so yeah. again, all those young quarterbacks deck, are playing. Deck stacked in your favor. If I'm Tom Brady, I would call up Peyton Manning. I'd call up Dan Marino. I'd call up you know any older quarterback yeah. that's retired or Andy Cano. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but even like just ask them, Kurt Warner. Yeah. Say, hey, what do you think? I guarantee you, all of them would say, if your body's okay, play, go play more, because yeah, they sure. all miss it, and you'll never get that other opportunity. And at this age, at 41, you can't take a year off and then change your mind. Yeah. Although there were several reports out. Did you see some of the reports that said? That, uh, Matthew Hasselbeck and Tony Romo had been called by teams really? this season, like to see if they'd be willing to play for him. So there is a desperate, uh, you know, measure out there for quarterbacks, but I think there's no way he's gonna, uh, he's gonna retire. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. We start off socially relevant today with the latest troll on Twitter. So Luka Doncic is putting an idea out there for NBA fans. Yesterday he tweeted out, quote, breaking news, Dirk Nowitzki and I have decided to join the slam dunk contest. Watch out, people. This was in response to Dirk getting an invite to the three-point contest during this year's NBA All-Star Weekend in Charlotte. So guys, Dirk is 40 years old, but I'm going to turn this around. 
I want as much Dirk as possible before he retires. I think it'd be so entertaining to see him attempt to dunk anything. <laughs> would they lower the rim? <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> would they put it down at <laughs> nine feet? It would be entertaining. Dirk, Dirk wouldn't walk for weeks. What would he do in the <laughs> three-point shooting contest? Dirk wouldn't even. We talked about this off air. I don't know. Dirk, I love you. Dirk is my dude. I love Dirk. Don't know that he could finish all the racks in the three-point contest. <laughs> he wouldn't even get all I the don't know. off. Like, I don't know. Maybe if he could not. Get all up. It like, would be tight. Getting from one rack to the next would be like really <laughs> painful to watch him. I would uh, love to see it though. It'd be hilarious. It would be great. It'd be great. He could <laughs> look. He still shoot it. Right. Hey, but he looks like oh, you've never dealt with bone on bone. Did you ever have any type of like? Oh uh, yeah, like arthritis conditions. Dude, yeah, they get their knees all worn out. It's ridiculously like painful. Yeah. And, and uncomfortable. So. So yeah, Danny, you're with me. You want to see it? I want to see it for sure. I want to see all of it. I want to see him in the three-point shootout, and I want to see him in the dunk contest. But I do think they should give him, like, as a joke, they should give him the old man, lower it to nine lower feet. The, yeah, <laughs> then it'd be that'd actually be entertaining. <laughs> I agree. All right, so you guys talked about this one earlier in the show. You've been teasing it the entire show. This might be one of our weirdest stories ever. So a high school football player is getting some recruiting attention. He is the nephew of both John David and Josh Booty. His name, you guys talked about it. His name is General Booty. And where did he get some recruiting attention? From none other than Hugh Freeze, the guy who was let go from Ole Miss after getting busted for using an escort service. And now coaches at Liberty. Here's a picture of General Booty here. So from using our context clues, guys, I think it's uh, it's pretty safe to say that Freeze and his athlete, General Booty, might be um, a good match. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see how you like that. Booty, huh? <laughs> oh, I see how you did that. Going <laughs> 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 out there, hey. Hey, Hugh Freeze, nobody saw him going to Liberty. Like, that was a a surprise hire. Most people thought he would be yeah. an offensive coordinator somewhere in the SEC, would get that opportunity. He goes to Liberty, gets the head job. Who Obviously, is, they've been into second chances because they have Baylor's former athletic director. Is uh, Liberty is Liberty a um, – is it a uh, like a Christian school? Oh, yeah. No, it's like you have to – My I know because my niece went there, yeah. played tennis there. Yeah. You have to go to chapel. Like, you have curfew on the weekends. Like, wow. Like, really strict old really? Christian school. Yeah. Like, they're, they're hardcore. And Hugh Freeze went there, huh? Yeah. That's but he – remember – don't you remember his – uh his opening press conference, he had a line that everybody ran with. And he like, he, I remember talking to him when I was at my former job at ESPN, when mm-hmm. he would come through, I met him in person. And as a Christian myself, he yeah. was under all this investigation from all this stuff. Yep. And I was like, and he was still out there talking about Jesus. Yeah. And I don't mind it if you're going to live it, but if you're a phony, yeah. it makes everybody look really bad who calls himself a Christian. <laughs> right. I was like, bro, I was like, you better be legit. And yeah. he's like, no, no, I'm good. I got I got all these guys that keep me accountable and all this yeah. stuff. And then all this stuff comes out. And I'm like, see, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Like if you're going to like don't be out there wearing it on your sleeve. His quote when he took the opening job or the job at his open, his press conference, he was talking about Jesus and he said Jesus is the only one who can handle my junk. That literally, that was his quote that said it, and everybody, of course, ran with it, and uh, it became oh. laughing stock. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> um, it became the laughing stock. Yeah, exactly. He's oh, only handle his junk. Oh, um, but we'll see. Maybe he'll get his quarterback, General Booty. You <laughs> like that one, don't you? <laughs> General Booty, nephew of John David uh, Booty. Yeah, okay. you better have some thick skin if you're going to be called General. Yeah, yeah. You better be, be able yeah, to ball boy. too. Yeah, no, it's a cool name. <laughs> This oh, is the God. worst name ever. What were his parents thinking? I like it. I like General. A boss? Like General, yeah. Yeah, General's fine. Yeah. Last name, not so much. <laughs> All right, we're going God back bless. to the Twitter trolls now. So during an episode of ESPN's First Take Show on Wednesday, Derek Carr was brought up during a discussion about who should be the Raiders quarterback of the future. And Max Kellerman said that it was pretty obvious that Carr is not the long-term answer. He said, quote, he looked like a quarterback who had quit. So Carr obviously wasn't thrilled with this. And as a result, he sent out an interesting tweet, an interesting tweet to UFC President Dana White. He tweeted out, quote, 
hey, how do I challenge a couple of these clowns on TV to a fight? I think we should start a business together where pro athletes can challenge some of these people to an octagon fight until they give us an answer. You don't know me. Stop lying. From there, someone asked him if he was, in fact, talking about Kellerman. He said yes and then went into it again in another tweet. So, guys, was Carr right to defend himself here or did he take it a little bit too far? <sighs> That's a tough. It is tough because, uh, first of all, you by acknowledging them, you give them more clout. Like, yeah. more people take them seriously. Like, in what you think you're doing, like, by bringing them down, this is what they want. Like, behind closed doors, they're celebrating. Like, yeah. yes, can you believe Derek Carr replied to me? I will say this. I do think he's on to something because I would love oh, to so see dudes get called out and have to answer them and put them in an octagon because the players would destroy them. Right. He also did say, Derek Carr did, said, I'd love to sit down and like quiz those guys on football. Right. Like a film session and expose them for how little they know. That would be really cool. That would be fascinating. That would, that would be, be really dope. entertaining if yeah. they did that. None of it will ever happen. But I just don't – Derek Carr doesn't win in this situation. Like I know some people will say, yeah, way to show them where they go. The winners are them because they get more eyeballs in their show now. Because now everyone's going to want to see a response. Say, what did they do? You know, what should they do? So should sure. we call out some dudes? And you can't – and you can't win. Like you're not going to – they're always going to have the last word. Exactly, right? and yeah. The, the platform is, is – with, is, with people on TV or a writer, that's what my dad used to always say. Yeah. He's the guy with the pen. Even yeah. some reporters would say that. They thought correct. they were a little cocky. Yeah, no, they – they the one here in the correct. end. Correct. They take pride in that. Like Absolutely. there's like a – it's almost referee-ish for me. Yeah. Like it is where like you just you, – you like being able to have that over the athlete. You know Right. I mean, and I do think it's it's not it's not an unfair thing. It's the world we live in, though that that these media personalities can create a narrative about any player, mm -hmm. and if they scream it loud enough and their platform's big enough, it becomes the truth about said player. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's unfortunate because like you don't know what happened to Derek Carr, like you Max Kellerman. Like I, I I don't have a beef with Max Kellerman, but right. do you know he quit? Right. You can sit up there on your thing and say he quit and he doesn't need to, like, and you say it loud enough and you say it often enough and before you know it, you got a whole, you know, fan base talking about, yeah, Derek Carr quit. Like, right. I, you know, it's, like there's, there's nothing you can do about it, but what, now players can respond. They can take to social media and they can say, hey, it wasn't true. I didn't quit. So they can respond and try to straighten out some stuff. Yeah, but it's out there already. It's out, like exactly. you've already lobbed that out there. You put it out there. You know what it's, I mean? But like for a lot of people in this business, my kind of rule of thumb has always been, if I'm going to say something on here, I should be able to sit across from the dude I'm saying about and say it. Like if I've, right. if I watched film and I saw Derek Carr and it looked like he quit, I would say it and then I'd be able to say, Hey, let me sit down with you and show you. Yeah. Like you look at this plays. play right here. And like maybe why? He could explain himself. Me, right. And, hey, you know, maybe I was hurt or something. No, else. that's a good policy, but, right? Yeah. Like, absolutely. Be out there spouting like right nonsense yeah. out there because not a lot of people, unless you really played the game can really, you know, talk about the game with the X's and O's yeah. in a smart fashion. You just don't see it out there. Most of our business now is guys just spewing hot takes. I think that's just kind of unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I think it would be fantastic. It would be like of all the stuff and you know I don't care about a lot of stuff. Like right. I come in here all every time every day and they're like, what are you I'm like I I'm just not affected by a whole lot of stuff. Right. I would love to see some of these clowns get up there and whatever <laughs> they're supposed to be a, a pro in. Yeah. And, and have to be grilled by someone who's actually a pro in it. Right. Straight film session. Also, okay, tell me what we're looking at here. Did you have dudes that asked you, cause I had this happen almost all the time after a game and a guy, a reporter who'd never played would try to break down the game like he did play. It used to drive me nuts. No. He'd be like, you, they didn't because no. they were smarter because I would have a guy like, hey, you know, they kept bringing the Sam Will blitz on there. And it looked like you guys were sliding protection over to the yeah. right, but you couldn't get your left tackle. He was out on an island solo and they kept running robber coverage. Yeah. Like, what did you see? And I was like, well, you just tried to break down the whole thing on your own, even though you have no clue about it. Right. I always had an appreciation for a reporter who said, 
I don't know why that play was called, but tell me why it didn't. Correct. Work. You know, like I would respect a guy who admitted what he didn't know yeah. more than the guy who thought he knew what he was talking 100%. about. 100%. Always. All right, welcome back. Let's finish it off with some leftovers. So you've been cut before. Yes. You've been cut before yes. a lot, right? A lot. <laughs> when you were there, did you, like, then people make such a big deal out of, oh, you want to do it in person, right? Like, hey, you know, who called there instead of over the phone or something yeah. like that. Did you care? Uh, I cared that they traded. I had to find out that I got traded from someone that wasn't trading me. I did care about that. Right, but you would have liked to have heard it from the organization, Correct. right? Because yeah. when I got cut by the Broncos, my last time I got cut, I was sitting at home, and it was the cut day, and I knew it was coming, and I had a pretty good feeling I was going to get cut. Yeah. I remember I got the phone call, and they are like, hey, can you come in, bring your playbooks? And I was like, can I just stay here? Can I? Yeah. Like, I don't need, I don't have to Did come you? in. Did you? I went in, yeah, because uh, I was like, because they, that would have been dope. You have to do your exit physical nah, and all not that, really. but I should have been this. like, peace. Yeah, right. Deuces. No, I, like, see what, you later. Tell me what's up. Right? But I did think it was overrated, like, cause I knew exactly what he was going to say. They're going to say, like, he was like, hey, you know, great. Thanks for putting in all the hard work for us. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, stay healthy. We might call you back and all this. And none of it meant anything. It was just yeah. like the cordial thing to do. But I think the cordial thing to do is overrated sometimes, like breaking up with somebody. Yeah, I man. Just like, sometimes, like, just. Do it. Just the text message. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was before text messages. Maybe you shouldn't if you wanted to, uh, to have a chance with anybody else down oh, the road. That's tough. But the, uh, Edmonton Oilers were playing the other night and they were in their second intermission. What's they were that trailing. mean? This was like in periods and, yeah. So yeah, yeah they have to, that's yeah, what they call it in Yeah, like a halftime. So basically it's like a halftime, right? Right. Yeah. The second, they have one of those in between every period. Yeah. Three periods. They get two halftimes. How long are they? Two intermissions. They're kind of long. Are they? Like 15 minutes, I think. They're, they're, in fact, that's my one beef with hockey. I'm not a huge hockey fan. Yeah. Obviously neither one of us are, but just one would be good. Like they're long. The hockey games, the, the intermission minutes forever. as a fan, you have to sit there through two of I'm those. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think they're long because they say how tired they are. They got to go in there and they have monsters. Or like TV halftime like oh, mission reports that okay. are out there. That, okay. They have to fix the ice. They're playing oh, on they, ice, so yeah, they have to come out and redo ice. the ice. Yeah, suck it up. They could figure it out how to do it in one thing. <laughs> what happens to the ice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, it, cold. It, yeah, it starts to you know little melt yep. a little bit. They're skating on I it the entire time. Go, you go to a I, hockey game? I go to ice skate. I've never been to a hockey. I went. Really? To, I went to a Boston University hockey game. My freshman year at BU, they won the national championship. Um, and that was the only game I, I've ever been to. I was <laughs> in the they building. They get the Zamboni out there and they clean it. They wet it down, make it smoother. Yeah. Cause oh. it gets a little drier and it gets a little like from all the hockey stops, like when you slide and stop, then yeah. it gets a little chunky. So it's not as smooth. You remember the guy? I think it was Patrick Roy. You remember yeah. the guy? He, he was, uh, <laughs> I think it's Wong. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Travis, uh, I forget his name. No, it was a young man. No, he got paralyzed at Boston University. Like he, it was, oh, like, okay. Like in his first freshman game. Um, and I was there when that I, happened. I, I wasn't, I wasn't at the game. I was in the arena. Like I was upstairs like shooting. And when I came down, like the, the hockey arena was like right outside of like our locker room and stuff like that. And I, you know, I could tell that the game had stopped. Like, so I'm sitting there trying to peek through the doors to see what was going on. I didn't find out till the next day that you got paralyzed. That was that night. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, no doubt about it. D, uh, Debo let us know. 15 and a half minutes for intermission. That's really? And they get two. Time. That's, that's They get two of them. 17 if it's on national television. Oh, okay. 17 minutes. They get Excuse longer. Timeouts. So their GM for the Edmonton Oilers was in charge since 2015. Who, Peter Chiarelli? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah that's the one. Right. Well, he was fired during the second intermission. They said they wanted to give him the opportunity to leave the building quietly, which I actually kind of respect. Really? Yeah, because I would want to leave quietly. I wouldn't want to have to do a press conference or, cause you know, there'd be media that would find out and they'd like want to quote. I wouldn't want to have to deal with them. I'd want to bounce and get out of there in the dark of night. I think that would all depend on the circumstances. Like, 
maybe I want to say something. Like, as the guy who got fired, maybe I want a microphone in my face. Maybe, maybe they I, didn't want to have Correct. It. <laughs> maybe I want to tell you all how this is going down here yeah, that um, could be in Edmonton. Spin. Like, yeah, it could be. It's interesting. I wonder if they had a security guard escort him out. Yeah, yes. like that. You're, you're not going so to say anything. Come right. back around. Uh, no doubt about it. Maybe we'll hear from Peter Chiarelli uh, sometime soon, and you'll get the true story behind that one. Speaking of ugly exits. Yeah. Um, Seth Wickersham is a writer for ESPN, did a fascinating piece on the Cleveland Browns. Okay. It's, it's a long form article. Like it's one of those ones that takes you like it's sit down like a mini book. And one that I will And this read. one reads like a soap opera because he really gets some interesting detail behind the scenes of why this is one of the most dysfunctional franchises in sports. Right. Starting with their owner, Jimmy Haslam, who seems about as clueless as an owner as there is out there. And I think people would be surprised because you have these guys who are really successful businessmen, and then they're not very smart. And we talked about this with Jerry Jones <laughs> yesterday. They're basically like fantasy football with real money. Yeah. They're billionaires, and they can do it, and they're not smart. Like he, Some of the hirings that he's made right. without consulting the people that he hired to put in place – one of my favorite stories was that when John Dorsey went in to fire Hugh Jackson this season, right. he went in to inform him, and Hugh Jackson asked him why, and he said he felt like they had lost the team, and they had lost a couple games in overtime. They sure. were so competitive. Hugh Jackson told him, get the bleep out of my office. Like, wasn't going <laughs> to leave. Like, I wonder how that went down in the moments after that. Like, John Dorsey's like, great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Get, security. Like, security. Get your box and get yeah, the bleep out of here. There was another story that they had something going on with the social marketing team, the social uh -huh. media team, that they wanted to play out on a big screen in there like a timeline of all the tweets that were being directed at the team. Right. They wanted to have them all be hashtag dog pound, so hashtag DP yeah. for dog pound, so they could see all these people like encouraging the team and talking yeah, about the hashtag, team. Uh, hashtag DP apparently came up on some porn sites. <laughs> so for 20 minutes, there was a porn video rolling on the video at the practice facility uh, in their offices where there's all kind of people walking around. With tw for 20 minutes? Yes. Nobody pulls the plug I know, on that? Exactly. Like, ah, ah. Like one person all it takes. I wonder if there was a crowd, like a player started oh, walking yeah, out there like, fantastic. what's coming up? Up next but uh if you have a chance go read it so that's a heck of a writer you want to check that out um Deion sanders mm -hmm. one of the best football players period in the entire nfl yeah, sure as a son shiloh sanders a lot of speculation that he might go to florida state mm -hmm. he did not he commits to south carolina the dreaded sec yeah. although i don't fault him at all like even as a florida state guy i'm like you got to do what's best for your family what's best for him if sure. it feels like that was the best for, fit for him then go ahead in fact if i was dion i might even point him in a different direction so you don't have that looming shadow over your shoulders and always the expectation you've got to be dion which is always going to be hard but if you're somewhere else it'll be a little bit easier yeah i mean I, this one's a little different because you're comparing florida state which it's an entity and then like south carolina like so, cause Coca asked me, well, like, what I want my kids to follow in my footsteps at FIU. FIU, yeah. I'm like, nah. Like, <laughs> my hope, I mean, no shot at FIU. I hope my kids are, can command, Duke, like, yeah, yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope big. they could go, like, who knows. Um, but generally speaking, I, I do think there's something to be said for trying to make your own name, yeah. right? And do it, you know, on your own volition, not, not have to answer to like, hey, your dad was this and your dad was that. And, and quite frankly, like, I wanted, they're, they're juniors in my family. My wife was like, no, we're not naming a kid junior. I don't want them to have to, like, right. you know what I mean? Give them their own name, which I respect. Shiloh, if you're having doubts, though, Florida State probably still has a spot. Nah. I